And I would rather be famous in hell than popular on this earth. I want to read to you from the book of Acts, chapter 19, beginning at verse 13. Acts 19, 13. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. May God be pleased to bless the reading and the preaching of this, his most holy and infallible word. Brief word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I ask now for the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus by your spirit to rest upon every mind in this place in order that their perception of what I say will be heard as you intend. Cleanse my tongue that I will be your transparent instrument to say everything that needs to be said, nothing that doesn't need to be said. Help me to be very, very clear, very, very simple. And may this word bring great honor and glory to your name. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. It is so good to be back here. Our son T.R. and I, this is our sixth, I didn't realize, six times. Love coming here. I'll come clean. I have to do this. Do you know why we come? I get new clothes here. <laughs> See this? John gave me this expensive camel hair jacket two years ago. I so value it. I don't take it outside Nashville. I think I'll get it dirty. Last year, he gave me a black leather jacket that I wear every day in London. And I can't wait to see what he's going to give me this year. <laughs> we love coming here. I get treated to barbecue and all those good things. And... Uh, our son, T.R., I thought, he's back. Here's the thing about the books. We come here and get rid of them. They're all $10. It's supposed to be 17 My new book called Popular in Heaven, Famous in Hell, uh, which uh, Ruth Graham, who you know, Billy's youngest daughter, wrote the foreword to it. And um, so... It's supposed to be $17. It's, everything's 10 It's easy to remember. And uh, we literally just pass them on to you. We want to get the word out. 
And that's what we do when we come here. And I'll be back. I'll sign them if that helps get rid of them. And you can give them away as birthday presents or whatever. Uh, but thank you for having us once again. Thrilled to be with you. Two things have led to this particular sermon I feel led to bring to you today. Uh, six, seven years ago, a friend of mine, I phoned him, and I said, uh, look, I have a sermon for this particular church, and I don't think it's going to make me very popular there. And he replied, ask, will it be popular in heaven? And I was so gripped by that. And for days and weeks and several years, I thought, yes, I want my conversation, my decisions, all that I say to resonate in heaven, to be popular there. doesn't matter whether it's popular here. And then the other half of the title of this sermon came from an old mentor. He was a Texan, uh, Rolf Barnard, Southern Baptist, one of a kind, one of the old-fashioned hell, fire, brimstone preachers. They don't exist much today. But he was one of my mentors, and he preached a sermon I'll never forget. I heard it 60 years ago. The man who was known in hell. And it was a reference to what we read just now, where these sons of Sceva thought that casting out devils was a fun game and said they'd go around if they found a person they thought might be demon possessed they'd say in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches come out of him well they happened to hit a live wire and one was demon possessed and the man in whom the demon was leaped on them and they all left bleeding and the word went all over Ephesus known in hell Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And the idea of Rolf Barnett's sermon was, I want to be known in hell. And I come to you today and I can tell you, I am not sure that I am known in hell. That's where I want to be famous. I would like to think that I give the devil so much trouble that I have a reputation in hell but I fear that that's not the case I want it to be and I felt I should bring this message to do to inspire you to have the kind of ambition that you wanted to be popular where it matters in heaven you know all of us would like to be popular if we are truly honest the question is, where do you want to be popular? Would you like to be popular with top people, with politicians? I'm just thinking, do I tell this or not? John says I should tell it. Well, I was awakened at 4 o'clock this morning, phone call from London, and it was the Prince of Wales, Charles I said, Your Royal Highness, do you know what time it is over here? Oh, sorry, RT. That's right, time change. Well, 
what is it you want, sir? Uh, well, mummy's not happy with you. Really? She's here. She wants to talk to you. She, she, he puts the queen on. Hello, your majesty. I am so sorry. She rebuked me because when I go to London, I'm supposed to phone her. And I didn't phone her. And I said, I am so sorry, ma'am. I won't let this happen again. And I put the phone down. And another phone call. It was from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Washington. Could you speak to the president? Certainly. Good morning, Mr. President. If you believe what I've said in the last minute, you've got problems. I saw the pastor's wife sitting on the edge of her seat. She believed me. <laughs> You've got problems, girl. Talk to her. <laughs> but you know, there are those for whom that would be the most wonderful thing in the world to be known in Buckingham Palace or in the White House. Do you have any idea what that will mean one day? A couple years ago, an old friend from Ashland, Kentucky, that's where I was born. I probably shouldn't have said that. I am a Kentuckian, and I know about Texans, and I know all about you. <laughs> now look, don't be intimidated by me that I am from Kentucky. I realize you cannot help it that you weren't born in Kentucky. I don't think I'm better than you. I probably am, I just don't think it. <laughs> but a couple of years ago, a classmate from the 1953 high school had the old high school annual, and I was looking at old pictures of people that I hadn't seen in 60 years. And it brought me right back to when I was in high school in Ashland, when I was a nobody. You can't find my name or face in the annual except I played in the high school band and I played the oboe. By the way, I looked to see, Goodland, where did they all go? <laughs> I wanted to see if you've got an oboist here. But I played the oboe and you can find me with a band on the fourth row, second from the end, but all the big pictures, the junior uh, prom, the senior prom, the basketball stars, the football stars, the person most likely to succeed. You get four pages. And in those days when I was at Ashland High, I was a nobody. Being popular was out of the question. And I thought it took me right back how in those days, Things like that mattered, you know, what the kids are wearing. And, and I was brought up in a strict denomination where I couldn't even go to dances or the picture show. You talk about being unpopular, they didn't even know me. But now, 60 years later, the star basketball player died an alcoholic on the edge of Ashland. No one wanted to have anything to do with him. One of them was being sought after by the mafia. 
And these people that were so popular then, failures today, most of them dead. It just goes to show that as you grow up, peer pressure seems to matter so much, and one day it will mean nothing. And if I could get this over to young people in particular, to get your joy from the fact that you are known in heaven. You see, what does popularity in heaven mean? Well, you're popular with God the Father. I don't know if you pray the Lord's Prayer. My wife Louise and I pray it every day. Every day together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's the point? Well, in heaven, God's will is being done perfectly. There's no rebellion in heaven. The angels are worshiping God. The sainted dead are worshiping God. And so, the will of God in heaven is being done perfectly. No rebellion. And I pray every day, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I want to think that I'm doing the will of God on earth, that I can be popular in heaven. That's where it matters. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask the Lord. I started to say one question, but I do have two. Oh, I'm reluctant to tell you. That, well, I've started, so I'll finish. The first question I'm going to ask why was I a Yankee fan? <laughs> I, my popularity. You're going to have me back next year? <laughs> I don't know why. Joe DiMaggio was my hero. And I grew up loving the New York Yankees. Uh, somebody gave me a, a new biography of him last week. I couldn't put it down. I don't know why I was a Yankee fan. I'm from Kentucky. Everybody's from the Cincinnati Reds. But the second question I'm going to ask, more serious... Why did John 5.44 grip me at the age of 20? I'd been in the ministry a year. I should have read it a while ago alongside the passage in Acts. John 5.44. Jesus asked the question. He's addressing the Pharisees. How can you believe who receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that comes from God alone, the only God. Do you know why the Jews missed their Messiah? It's because it was not on their radar screen to want to seek the honor of God. All they wanted was the honor and praise of one another. That's what they lived for. Compliments, praise, and that's how they missed Messiah when he came. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Zealots, the scribes, they were so pompous. They said, if Messiah comes, we'll know him. We will know him. Oh, he came. They're looking right at him. And they say, well, that's not the one. And Jesus says, but how can you believe who receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that comes from God only. And 60 years ago plus, 
I was gripped by that verse. And I don't know why, but I'm so thankful. It's been my life verse. But I want the praise of God. I want to do what brings him honor. Not what will make you like me more. But what will cause him to look down from heaven and say, good, good. Because one day, that's all that's going to matter. You and I are going to stand before God. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10. Never forget it. We, Paul includes himself, we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of the things done in the body, whether they be good or bad. And there will be those who will be saved by fire, their works burnt up. But there will be those who built their superstructure with gold, silver, precious stones. And will hear the most beautiful words ever known when Jesus Christ himself looks and says to you, good, well done. I want that more than I want anything in the world. And that will come in proportion to how much I want the honor of God now. Not what make you like me more, not what will impress you, but to have him say, good. And so in heaven, the sainted dead are worshiping God. The angels are worshiping God. Our loved ones in heaven rejoice in what is pleasing the Lord. And so what will make you popular in heaven is seeking the praise that comes from God alone. Well, what will make you famous in hell? Well, I need to say real quickly that by hell, the Greek word is Tartarus. There are three Greek words translated hell in the Bible. There's Gehenna, hellfire. There's Hades, that really means the grave, but sometimes translated hell. And there's Tartarus, 2 Peter 2, 4. If God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, that is Tartarus. It's a word that no one knows how to translate it. I think they'd been better off just leave it, Tartarus, let it take on its own meaning. But that's where the fallen angels are now. This is heavy stuff, and I won't try to explain it all, but before God created man, there was a revolt in heaven. And Satan, Lucifer, son of the morning, he was jealous of God's glory, and he recruited every angel and says, go with me. And I don't know how many he got. Some think maybe a third of the angels, based upon one verse in Roman, uh, Revelation 12, about a third of the stars fell. That may refer to that. I don't know for sure that it does. We don't know how many angels fell, but Satan recruited every angel, and a bunch of them fell with him. And it's the most stupid thing they could ever have done because their sentence awaits for them. They're not in Gehenna now. That's where they will be. They are in Tartarus. And fallen angels, that's where they are. Demonic spirits, that's where they are. They're in Tartarus. 
And so the man who was known in hell, it was in Tartarus. And uh, so the fact that Paul would be known in Tartarus, Jesus is known in Tartarus, what is a threat to the devil? And that's what we ought to ask. What threatens the devil? And what brings honor and glory to God? And that's why I cannot imagine a greater compliment (laughs) than to be known in hell because I'm giving the devil so much trouble. But it begins by being popular in heaven where you live to please God. Jesus said, I do the will of him that sent me. I want to please my Father. The ambition of the Apostle Paul, that I might know him. I want to say, Paul, don't you know the Lord? Oh, not the way I want to. I want to know him. And that's the kind of person who will be known in hell. Now, I don't have time to go into the book that I have written on the subject. It goes into a lot of detail. I need two or three hours to do this subject justice. But I want to give you just a taste of it, that you might have uh, something burning in you, that from this day, you say, Lord, I want to be popular in heaven. It may mean making decisions that will not make you popular here below. What if you have to change your job? What if you have to change your relationships with people? What if your lifestyle will have to change if you're going to be popular in heaven? Living by faith, that makes you popular in heaven. Enoch had this this testimony before his translation that he pleased God. Hebrews 11, verse 5. Enoch, one day, he just disappeared. Nobody knew what happened to him. Book of Hebrews tells you what happened to him. He was translated to heaven. There's no thing more wonderful. He pleased God, and God just took him. Hebrews 11, verse 6 is without faith. It is impossible to please him. But he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him because you want his honor and glory. It's an interesting thing about the 11th chapter of Hebrews. I wonder if you've ever noticed it. Every single person described, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, Sarah, Samuel, David, every one of them had to do something different than what was done before. For example, Enoch, he's taken to heaven, and we're told that he walked with God. Well, you might imagine Noah now, he grows up hearing about Enoch, and Noah says, I will walk with God. That's what it says, Noah walked with God. Enoch walked with God, God took him. Noah walked with God, and he says, any day now, he's going to take me. And then one day, God says, build an ark. What? An ark? Enoch didn't have to build an ark. You just took him. I know. That was for him. You build an ark. Well, Abraham comes along. He walks with God. He begins to think, am I going to build an ark? No. We're told of Abraham, he went out not knowing where he was going. And every one of them, they had to do something different. You see, when you do what has been done before, there's not much offense, is there? There's a 
precedent. And you say, well, they did it. Oh, well, if they did it, I guess it's all right. And what if God would require of you something that no one's ever done before? Ooh, that can be scary. But that's what it means by pleasing God. If you're going to get your honor from one another, well, that's your reward. That's it. Praise of people. But I'd like to think that this word would go into some heart to say, God, I want to please you, whatever the cost. Well, what pleases God? I can tell you, gratitude, saying thank you, not complaining. I'll tell you, I had a, a late introduction to the subject of gratitude. I am a little bit embarrassed to admit to you what I'm going to tell you. But I've been preaching for years, and when we were at Westminster Chapel, we went through books of the Bible. That's what we did. And I went through Philippians, is one of the books I went through. And after being in it for over a year, we got to chapter 4, verse 6, which says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your request known to God. And for some reason, as I preach, this has never happened before or since. I wish it would happen all the time. But it did happen once. When I saw those words, with thanksgiving, it was as though my whole life was put before me. And I saw one thing after another for which I had not bothered to say thank you to God. And I felt so horrible as I preached. I said, Lord, help me to get over this sermon. And when I get into my office, I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to make a difference from this day. And I did. I got on my knees. And while I'm praying, the Lord began to remind me of all the things he had done for me. And I hadn't said thank you. I said, well, Lord, you know I'm thankful. He said, well, you didn't tell me. He would point out this. Well, you know I appreciated that you didn't tell me. And I felt horrible. And it reminded me when Jesus healed 10 lepers, one said, thank you. And Jesus immediately said, well, where are the other nine? I healed 10. People forget to say thank you. And it changed my life. I made a decision that day and I made a vow. And I can tell you, I have kept it. I have to be a thankful man. I made a vow that day as 25 years ago. I keep a journal. I go through the journal every morning and thank the Lord for things that happened yesterday. It takes about 15 seconds just to say, thank you, Lord, for safety. The TR and I made the flight. Thank you for the insight you gave me while I'm sitting in the airport for my sermon on Colossians going to be in next week in London. Thank you for we went out to dinner last night at Papa's Barbecue. Well, you know, giving them this commercial, they ought to give us a freebie next year. But it was so good. I thank the Lord for that today. Challenge. Don't go to bed tonight until you thank God for three things of this day and do it again tomorrow. Mayo Clinic came up with a bulletin Two years ago. They're not quoting the Bible. They're not quoting Jesus. 
They've learned statistically, thankful people live longer. That ought to get you going. Gratitude. Popular in heaven. Total forgiveness. Forgiving those who have hurt you. That will make you popular in heaven. It hurts here below when you let somebody off the hook that deserves to be punished and you pray for them. What do you have to do to be famous in hell? Well, the good news, you don't have to be an apostle. Let me tell you how to be famous in hell. Just go right to it. You want to hear it? Become a soul winner. I asked a question at Westminster Chapel about two weeks after I became their minister. How many of you out there have never led a soul to Jesus Christ? You could hear a pin drop. One man said after me afterwards, he said, uh, Dr. Kendall, in those days they called me Dr. Kendall. Here I am, 60 years old, and I've never led a soul to Christ. Well, four or five years later, Arthur Blessed came through and turned us upside down, and we're out on the streets witnessing. We started the pilot light ministry, and that man, his name was Bob George. He was the first to join us on the streets. He made up for lost time when I saw him last when he was 80 years old. I said, Mr. George, how many do you reckon you've led to the Lord? He said, well, it's actually over 500. Some cynic will say, well, were they all saved? Somewhere, one went into the Anglican ministry. I guess you have to be saved to be an Anglican minister. Many were saved. You see, Bob George became known in hell. How many of you have never led a soul to Christ? It's one thing to invite them to church. That's, that's a good start. But bring them with you. Talk to them about Jesus and get the joy of seeing them come to the Lord. Make a vow that throughout 2019, you're going to have somebody in mind. You see, you don't have to be, how shall I say this, gifted in Let's say healing. By the way, I mentioned that Ruth Graham wrote the foreword <coughs> to my book, Popular in Heaven, Famous in Hell. I had one other lady write a foreword. She's known in England. Her name is Jennifer Reese Larkham. She was a teacher known all over England and one day got a virus. It paralyzed her from the waist down. And she continued to give talks all over England, kind of like Ruth Graham Lotz, people like that. But she would speak from a wheelchair. She went, uh, came to Bristol to hear me preach once. I see, I see her on the front row. Everybody knew Jennifer Reese Larkham. And everybody under the sun wanted to see her healed. They brought in the faith healers. They anointed her with oil. They, dozens and dozens prayed for her. One day... A young lady, age 20, converted three weeks, went up to Jennifer Reese Larkham and says, can I pray for you? Of course. She stood up, instantly healed, carried her wheelchair home, fixed her husband's supper, and that's over 20 years ago. I tell about it in the book. You can Google Jennifer Reese Larkham. 
See, that makes her famous in hell. You don't have to be an apostle. You don't have to have a supernatural gift. You don't have to be an old Christian. And that's kind of my sermon today. I'd like to think that this would grip you when you come to see the worthlessness of being popular here below. It will mean nothing one day. Nothing. But when you stand before God and know that you've lived a life that you wanted to know that what you say, your relationships, decisions, may not be popular with your friends, but they'll be popular there. And that will give you the peace beyond anything you've ever known. And a fringe benefit will be God will give you a power from the Holy Spirit that you didn't think could happen to somebody like you. God is looking for those who want to live for His honor and glory. I've finished. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask you to take this word and apply this word by your Holy Spirit. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.